Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. We all want to build a better business so we can be better architects. Well, a better business starts with planning for profit. Download your free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, at entrearchitects.com slash free course. You are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, and this is episode 191. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect, just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, FreshBooks, Core by BQE Software and RCAT. And I'm going to share more about these great companies later in the show. But before we get started here, just take a quick note to schedule some time later today, as soon as you're finished listening here, to go visit each one of them and let them know that you appreciate them for supporting us, the Entree Architect community. Nick Surface, welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be here. I appreciate the invite back. Oh, I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. It's been a long time. Uh, three years, we connect all the time on, on social media and the internet, so very aware of what's going on with you and, and, uh, and the AIAS and your family and all the things that are going on. 
So I feel like I, you know, I'm I'm caught right up to date. But our listeners haven't heard your voice here at the Entree Architects podcast since October 2014, back in episode 50. So you were really early on. It was when you first became executive director of the American Institute of Architecture Students, uh, and we talked about your origin story and the and what how you got to where you were as executive director. Um, sure. So people can go back to listen to that if they want to know. Uh, your origin story. What I'd love to start with is your role as executive director. Nick's role as executive director, he focuses on driving the organization toward relentless forward progress. And that's so he, he can create a more impactful future for the, his student members. The AIS uh, are all student members of architecture and the profession as well. Uh, Nick holds alumni status as a Virginia Wahoo, a Miami Hurricane, and an Auburn Tiger. So I'm sure there's lots of hooting and howling on the other end right now. And he's an architect when he needs to be. Uh, but he's the yes, he's the executive director of the American Institute of Archi Architecture Students, a friend of mine, uh, Nick Surface. So you can go back and listen to his his origin story back in episode 50. But let's let's talk about your role as executive director. You are running the American Institute of Architecture Students. Talk about your role there and what, what sure. you're doing. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, uh, I'm kind of the operational captain uh, here at AIS to make sure that the, um, you know, the events and the programming and the services of the organization move forward. But at a higher level, um, I'm trying to help bridge the gap between academia and the profession. I'm trying to connect students to the profession and help them understand more about what it's like in the profession and giving them the tools and resources to succeed once they get there. And, and the main way we do that, Mark, is through storytelling. I mean, that's um, you mentioned you've seen a lot of me. That's because um, a lot of what we've done since 2014, since episode 50, is a ton of storytelling. Storytelling about the profession, um, about what students should know or need to know, and, and vice versa, highlighting student stories and highlighting the great um, content that our students produce and, and the qualifications they bring to the table as well. So we provide opportunities on a two-way street. We storytell both ways. Um, and that's a lot of what we've been doing for the past you know, three years here. In your intro, uh, you talk about relentless, relentless progress forward. Uh, yes. and, and I see that. I've seen that since October 2014. I've seen lots of uh, changes, uh, especially the, the outreach from AIAS to the world, to students, to the profession. Uh, I see it with your videos, Ask an Architect, which I love. On YouTube, I see it in, in your new podcast, the AIS uh, Audio Experience. Um, I see lots of social media. Uh, I see lots of storytelling. I, I love what you're doing. I love the progress that you're making, and I'm sure that you're seeing results uh, with the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that you mentioned how much of it you're seeing because that's really important. We're trying to get more eyeballs on the organization to make more people aware of, of who we are and what we're doing. Um, you know, so that we can both grow our community, but also, um, you know, grow the impact our community has on, on the communities they serve and the profession at large. The more folks that know more about AIS, you know, the more opportunities our membership has to engage with people. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of public relations to it. Um, but at the same time, there's substance to it because it's not just uh, getting out on social media. It's creating products and programs and services to have a story to tell, you know. Once we get out there, if um, 
if it was all just uh, you know light fluff, I don't think it would go as far. But we have consistent new content, consistent new programming, and we're always trying to experiment. And you know, I know your show, Mark, is about you know small firm ownership, and I think that that's a tactic that any small business owner can use is you know constantly trying to tweak their services and their products and letting people know about them, getting that story out there. Because um, it's one thing to be able to provide a service or to provide a product, but if nobody knows about it, then you're probably not going to sell a lot of it. So um, being able to leverage social media and digital products and things that anybody and everybody can use nowadays, I mean, it's it's not terribly difficult. The barriers to entry in, in that space are so low that um, anybody has an opportunity to market really well in 2017. So um, we've tried to do that. And so we try to not only create the substance, but also push it out there. So we're, we're trying to do both. Yeah, that's some great lessons to to learn from what you're doing uh, from a marketing point of view, from a storytelling point of view. Um, what You you are uh, so successful at connecting with the students of architecture uh, in what you're doing and the stories that you're telling uh, through social media and through these other platforms. But I would love to have a conversation about here because our, our audience is sole practitioners and small firm architects. There are students listening as well, uh, which I love to have the, listen, the students listening uh, and, and learning about business before they get into the profession, super important. But I would love to talk about um, this generation of architects. Every generation is different. Uh, every, every environment that they come into is different. The profession is continuously evolved. The tools we have, the digital tools we have, uh, the, the computers we have, the software that we have is different than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, the students that are coming out of schools and into the profession are different than they were 15, 20 years ago. Um, and what I would love to know is, is, is how, do you, how could architects who, who want to attract this talent to their firms uh, do that? How can, they, how can they be attractive to incoming, uh, uh, you know, the new generation of architects? How do you connect with them? Sure. Yeah. Great question. And, you know, I'll start with the student side. I think, you know, first and foremost, there are, are so many avenues to go out and research um, where a student might work these days. So if, if I'm on the cusp of graduation, you know, there's a lot online, there's a lot on social media. I can research all these firms and then go check them out at a deeper level than ever before. In the past, you know, you know, maybe the firms had a website and maybe there was a little work online, but it wasn't a real deep dive. You knew who the really good people were and the rest was just word of mouth. Um, but now I can go in and I can find out a lot about, you know, even small firms. I can dive into Instagram. I can dive into Facebook. I can dive into, you know, any other social media platform. Websites can be more robust. And really, that's where our students are going. They're going to try to find out more. And I think the biggest challenge is, is that our students sometimes get to these smaller firms and they get to the web page and all there is is the, the home page. There's the dot com and that's it. So there's very little opportunity for them to do a deep dive. If they can't do a deep dive, they can't get deeply passionate about working there. So I think the best way to succeed in that environment is for firms to simply do more documentation um, in the digital tools that are available. And you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this. He talks about documenting, not creating. You, know, you don't need an artist or a videographer to make this successful. You just need to show what you're doing. And I think um, the more vulnerable, the more authentic, the more content that you can actually put out there shows students what they're getting into and might make them more passionate and more interested in working with you. Um, you know, you mentioned the differences in students nowadays versus, you know, maybe 10 or 20 years ago. 
And yeah, there are differences, but they're all still varied in what they're interested in. I don't think there's any one universal approach that students bring to the table. Some are really interested in technology, some are in sustainability, some are in city planning or historic preservation. They're still in all the same topics, but the difference is they're out there searching for firms that are really passionate about those topics as well. And if they can't identify with that passion, then they're not going to come. Um, you know, I know you have a small firm as well, Mark. If um, you know, let's say that that your firm is interested in historic preservation. Well, if a student doesn't understand that from your website, from your social media, from the way that you storytell, they might not ever find you. So, um, you know, you've got to relay what you're actually working on and get that message out so that students can identify with it. Yeah, so important. Do you do you think that the website is the priority? That you start with the website before you get into any sort of social media? Um, that's a great question. I think the website is your face. It's your it's your landing page. Everybody's going to check you out there. So yeah, I think that's absolutely number one foundation. Um, but I think you, the social media and and all those digital platforms are you know a very very close number two. I think it's all part of one marketing um, strategy. It's not um, it's not one or the other. I think it's got to be both. Um, and it's again overall one marketing strategy that includes you know, the pull of the website and the push of the social media. And what's so interesting with, with technology today is that, that we all have access to every, everything. We have access to all of the information that we could ever imagine uh, to have. And so students are not only coming out of architecture school, educated in architecture, they're coming fully loaded with information that they've learned on their own through their own mm -hmm. research, through their own connections, through their own resources. So they may actually have a tremendous amount of information before they ever hit your firm uh, with and, and look at your website. So you need to be at that same level. They they have an expectation of what they're looking for because they've done the research, they've, they've prepared for this. Now they're looking for a good fit. And if and you may be the perfect fit. But if if the website doesn't say you're the perfect fit, if you're not telling that story, um, then they're going to go right to the next website that tells the better story, even if you're the better, uh, better employer for that position. A hundred percent, Mark. Um, you know, we have this uh, YouTube series called Ask an Architect and almost everyone that comes in, we ask them about their firm culture. What is it like to work there? We don't want to know about, you know, the project specifically or, you know, the day in and day out grind. We want to know what it's like culturally to work there. What are the people like? What kind of philosophies are important? What kind of strategies are employed? Um, you know, what's rewarded at the firm and what isn't? Um, and we get that by asking, you know, straight up, what is your culture like? But we also get that information by asking you know, about advice for students or, you know, what's an ideal day at work for you? Um, or what are you looking for in a good employee? Or what are some of the most successful employees? And that tells the story. And those types of pieces of content, I mean, anybody could go on Instagram and make a 60 second video about how to work at your firm or what we're looking for or what a typical day is like. Um, and it's as basic as that. It's creating great content about culture. And I think you hit the nail on the head there fit is the, the number one priority. And if, if all you see is a, a one static homepage and nothing else, it's hard to, hard to identify if you fit or not. Yeah. And, and whether you are marketing to your clients or you're marketing to your future employees, um, your website needs to do both. It needs to tell both stories. 
Mark, that's a that's a great complimentary point. I think um, you know, even though we're not an architecture firm here, we use um, we you know we go out and we seek uh, vendors and things like that. So we operate as a client sometimes, and I can tell you, being a student organization, I look for a certain culture in the vendors I use. So if I'm a certain type of architecture client, I'm probably looking for a certain type of culture in the architecture firm that I want to hire. Um, you know, a big healthcare firm or company is probably much different than you know, a family building a house or a church building, um, you know, a, a new structure, whatever it is. Um, so I think, it, yeah, it works for the client side as well as the hiring side. Absolutely. What are your what are some ways you think on, on the website? What are some ways other than just straight up text? And, and, and maybe that's the question. Should it be text or should it be video or should it be? Nope. Is there any way that we can best connect with the people who are looking for this story? Yeah, I don't really know anybody who reads a ton anymore, unless you're reading a, a book at night on your bedstand. Um, so I can't get anybody to read anything else other than that. So I think image heavy, video heavy, especially now with you know everybody, everybody's got these phones in our hand. These phones are so powerful. Um, they take great photos. They take great videos. And um, you know the platforms that are available make it so easy. You know Instagram, I think it's a, a 60 or a 90 second clip you can only upload. So that makes it super easy. You can only cover so many so much content. Um, websites, I think if you look at AIS.org, our philosophy is a lot of a lot of imagery, a lot of graphics, um, a lot of video embedded in it, things that catch your eye. And um, you know, frankly, Mark, to, to talk at a foundational level, every time I go onto an architecture website. And I don't see video and, and imagery. I'm wondering, you know, this is a creative industry. Why would I hire somebody who can't be creative on their own, who isn't providing, you know, stunning works of art on their own website? How are they going to provide that type of service for me? So um, I think, especially since this is a creative industry, uh, you got to showcase your creativity. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, BQE Software, RCAT, and FreshBooks. This podcast episode is sponsored by BQE Software, the makers of BQE Core. BQE Core revolutionizes the way architects manage projects, time and expenses, billing, and accounting. Made by BQE, the company behind ArchiOffice, Core saves you time while giving you the visibility, the flexibility, and the power you need to grow your firm. Work from anywhere, seamlessly collaborate, and gain transformative insights with Core's groundbreaking platform. Learn more and get a free trial at entrearchitect.com BQE. Hey, and if you want to see a demonstration of Core, I recently invited Stephen Burns of BQE Software to join me for a live Entree Architect special session webinar, where Steve had the opportunity to show us inside Core and all it has to offer us small firm architects. And a recording of that webinar is available to our community, the Entree Architect community, for free at entrearchitect.com slash BQE webinar. So go check that out. And when you're ready to give it a try, visit entrearchitect.com slash BQE and access your fully functional trial of Core free for 15 days. Hey, if you've been listening to this podcast anytime during the past few months, you've heard me talking about our friends over at RCAT, and hopefully you're already using their free resources on a regular basis. But for those of you who have not yet checked them out, RCAT is a great tool for small firm architects. 
RCAD has a huge library of free content, CAD, BIM, specifications, and more. And they've done all the work for you. I mean it, they've done all the work. If you need a spec, click on over and download a CSI three-part specification in multiple formats, free. How about CAD details or BIM objects? All free, click of a mouse. RCAD has tons of building product content ready for you to use, and it's all completely free. You don't even have to register to download the content. And they've recently launched something new. It's called Charette. Create a project, assign tasks, share and collaborate with colleagues and clients, all in real time. Pull content directly from the RCAT database or from anywhere out on the web and keep it in Charette. It's another free resource from RCAT for you, the Entree Architect community. Visit them right now. Go check them out, entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. That's A-R-C-A-T, entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. And click on the Charette icon right there on the homepage to check out Charette. Imagine what you can do if you had an additional two days every month to dedicate to anything that you want. Maybe you just want to spend more time on design. Maybe you want to start building that new business process. Maybe you want to start painting again. Maybe you want to spend more time with your kids. Or maybe you want to finally start that development project. Well, when you're a small firm architect using FreshBooks cloud accounting software, you could save 192 hours every month. That's two business days every month. That's the amount of administrative time that you could save this year if you're using FreshBooks. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses, automatically track your time for the whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. My favorite feature of FreshBooks is the automated email reminders sent to my clients to remind them to pay their bills. That's done automatically and you control the whole thing. Sign up for a free 30-day unrestricted trial and get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid faster. Visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks to access FreshBooks for free and be sure to enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. BQE Software, RCAT, and FreshBooks. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. And then once you have that website, once you have that, that website that's working, you have a, a section for, uh, and maybe, and, and that's, should it be a section or should it be the whole uh, brand or both? Let's start with that conversation. Yeah, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, the point of the website is to tell the story about your firm. So there's a million ways to design it. I mean, I, I'm not a website designer traditionally, but I think you know, you've got to identify what the story is that you have to tell, and then you can you know, build from there. I mean, um, you know, whether it's little galleries of images or galleries of videos or, you know, custom content. What we've done at AAS, if you go onto our website, you'll actually see six little digital media icons at the bottom of the page. And those are all custom um, proprietary content that we make. Um, it's not it's not heavy duty. It's not something we've spent a lot of time on. They're really quick and easy things. They're the Ask an Architect series. There's a blog series whole bunch of things, but they're unique and they're proprietary to us and they allow us to tell our story as best as possible. 
And so I don't think there's one format. I think um, just as long as you're getting it out there, you're, you're going to, you know, you're doing better than, than, you know, a lot of other folks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think once you have that story uh, developed and, and ac accurately being told, you're, you're telling that story to everyone because your clients yep. are interested in that story as much as your next employee. And so it doesn't have to be a, a you know, a, a, a work with us section. It's the whole website is telling your story and that's what students are looking for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, plus one, Mark, I mean, you're it, it is your face. I mean, it's and by face. I mean, not just what people see, but what they hear and what you're saying and, and everything like that. So, um, you know, I mean, we live in a world where, you know, anybody we work with or engage with, we go straight to LinkedIn or Facebook and, you know, and, and check them out. And clients are the same way. You know, they're not going to stop at your website. They're going to go check out your LinkedIn page. They might pull up your Facebook page. And so it all tells a story. And if, you know, you do all of that really well, well, you're just that much farther along in getting that client. I think it, you know, it, that is your marketing. It's, um, it, frankly, it's, it's awesome that all of this is available. I think a lot of people see it as a burden or, gosh, I got to hire somebody to do this. Or, you know, back in the day, we didn't have to do all this type of stuff. And, and it, and I think, no, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to market to a whole new audience and reach new clients and reach new uh, employees that you've never been able to reach before, all with relative, you know, a relative low barrier for entry. Um, you know, anybody can pick up the social media on the phone and, you know, any uh, entry level employees can help with graphics and things like that for the website. And, you know, even websites aren't that expensive these days. So, um, yeah, uh, plus one to exactly what you said. Yeah, I would also suggest that you do a Google audit. Just type your name in Google and see what comes up because that's the first thing, whether you're whether it's a client or, or a, a future employee looking for a new job, that's the first thing they're doing. That's how they're finding your website. Mark, you're you're dead on, spot on with that. And you know, I'll give you a specific example. I mean, there was a time, I think it was shortly before I was going for this position when I did just that. And, uh, you know, there were a few pictures of me that were more social than professional. And um, I don't think that's a bad thing, but mm -hmm. you got to make sure that, you know, there's context there and that um, there's nothing crazy. And I actually had, um, I reached out to Google and had one photo taken down um, at one point <laughs> just because, you know, I'm trying to put out the best possible, um, you know, image that I can that reflects, you know, what I'm trying to do. And so, um, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to make sure that that brand and that that image reflects, um, you know, your services. One of those Wahoo photos, I guess. Yeah, I, I forget. <laughs> it's, it's all, it's all, it all fades. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yep. but you know, I think that's so important that that you that you do know what people are seeing, whether it's your clients or or uh, an employee looking for a job that they're they're searching. Uh, for an architect, they might be searching for you, and if they're typing your name in, uh, you should know what they're finding. Um, and there are ways if they are if they if the things at the top of the list are not things that you want to be seen, you can you can create other content with specific SEO to get to that top of the list, and that stuff gets all pushed down to the bottom, and no one ever sees it. Yep, we employ that a lot at AIS, at least when we first started out. Um, the intent was just, gosh, we need to make fresh content. We need to make new stuff to show up in those SEOs because the things that were showing up were you know, out of date and didn't reflect where we were today. So um, that's a great tactic. Yeah, if you don't like something that's up there, well, put out something better that gets clicked on a whole lot more and it'll fade into the background pretty quick. So right. I think that's a great suggestion. 
Yeah, and you, you were, we're talking here for half hour or whatever, and and it's interesting how much we've talked about uh, websites and and images and videos and the podcast. We haven't talked about right. We talked about writing a little bit, and that nobody reads anymore. We haven't talked about blogs at all. Um, is is our blogs even relevant anymore? Do you think that, that architects should spend time doing that, or should they focus more on on some of these other tools? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think there's some value to written content, but not in prose form. So um, when you think of a blog, sometimes um, it, it, you know, if you're thinking back, you know, a few years ago, even most of them were articles, right? Online articles. Well, now what we're seeing get more engagement are what we call listicles, which if you're not familiar with, you know, top five reasons why or top 10 things to do or top three reasons you should hire us, something like that things that are bullet pointed and kind of feed into that um, lack of uh, uh, attention that is sometimes there when, when people see text. So that way they can scroll through and, uh, and quickly pick up the, the highlights. Um, and, you know, you know, that, that occurs among all ages I found, you know, there's, I think there's some, sometimes a, um, a stigma with, you know, millennials that there's a lack of attention, but I see it at all yeah, ages. It's all across even, the board now. Yeah, my 75-year-old dad can barely keep, you know, his his fingers on one post on Facebook for, for too long. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we're all just evolving as a species in a certain way, and um, we all have to react to it and realize what's happening. And so, um, you know, if you're not reacting to what you're doing yourself, then, you know, you're kind of fooling yourself a little bit, right? So, yeah, I think the listicle is where we've started to kind of evolve the written word a little bit. So we have um, we have the website and we're and and LinkedIn I think is really important. I think a lot of people go and they and they search LinkedIn just to see what's there to see some background. So make sure that that is you know fully developed and and well thought out and and, and what people are going to see because they're going to go there. But besides LinkedIn, what are some other social media tools that you think are important? Because architects, the, the people listening here today, uh, they don't have a lot of time. You know, they're listening yep. to all these things that we're talking about with the website and they're freaking out because they they don't have time to do that. Um, yep. And now we're going to talk about social media and they're going to be like, oh, I don't have time for that either. So so what are some of the things they should really be focusing on? Yeah, if you could do one thing on social media, it would be to to invest all of that time on Instagram, I think, for architects. Um, and the reason I say that is because it matches the industry. It matches the creative style that we bring. And it offers two different functionalities that I think architects can use. Uh, the first is, you know, you're posting images, right? And so as architects, we're always in front of great images, whether it's a, a you know, um, a working drawing in front of us or a building we're out on site looking at. All those things are, are documentable as photographs. But there's also the story function on Instagram, which allows you to kind of document your day. And I think that's a really interesting opportunity. You can document client, you know, little client interactions or client, um, you know, client feedback or contractor feedback, or you could document something that's happening in the office or get a little interview of an employee and tell that story. So I think um, you can skip the Twitter, you can skip the Facebook, you can skip the Snapchat. If you focus on Instagram, um, I think that's good enough. And I think it really plays into the industry and our, our skills as architects. Um, so, you know, make a solid website, populate it with content and then focus on that Instagram, which, you know, anybody can do. You're good to go, I think. I, I just, I, I just heard the collective exhale of all the listeners, who said, "Oh, good! I don't have to do yeah. Facebook. I don't have to do Twitter. I don't have to do Snap, 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 what? Snapchat? <laughs> you know?" Well, 
you know, and that's the that's the thing. I'm right there with you, Mark. I think uh, I often hear, especially from from folks who aren't native to this to the digital stuff, is that gosh, it just sounds like a lot of burden. It sounds like I need to hire somebody to do this for me, and I think that's the wrong approach. Mm-hmm. I think you do what you can on your own, and you call it a day. Um, and I think Instagram allows you to do that. And everything now is built to be intuitive. Everything is built for you know a, a three year old to pick up the phone and swipe and figure it out. So. Um, you know, and and if you're a small firm architect, I would classify it as marketing. So if you spend, you know, an hour a day working on that, well, wouldn't you spend an hour a day marketing your services? That seems like a pretty good investment of time to me. I would probably spend more. So, um, you know, I think you can't look at it like, quote unquote, social media or quote unquote website. You just have to look at it as marketing and say, is there a value to marketing? Well, yes, there is. OK, well, then I'm going to start investing my time and, and effort into it. So we talked about how to attract the new architects coming out of school. What about, you know, so now you've hired them. Um, Do you have any advice for keeping them interested and keeping them excited about what they're doing? Sure. Um, Well, you know, every person is different, so it's hard to make a, you know, a, a blanket statement here. But the way that I approach it and the way that I approach, frankly, all my engagements with even my members, not just folks I work with, is trying to find out what motivates them, you know, what their personal goals are. Um, do they want to start their own firm one day? Do they want to maybe take over your firm? Do they want to become a healthcare expert? Do they want to build residential homes? Whatever it is. And then helping them get there along the way while they're working for you. And what I mean by that is, you know, as they're drafting drawings for you, explain to them how it will one day lead to where they want to go. Um, you know, tell about your background and how you got there and be very approachable and authentic. And I think at the end of the day, all of us, you know, millennials, graduates, um, older folks, whatever it is, we all have a next step. And if somebody is helping us get to that next step, well, then we're going to work pretty hard for that person. Um, and you know, if that person ends up leaving and going on to that next step, well, you should be proud of that. Yeah. That's an accomplishment. Um, you know, none of us are going to stay at our jobs forever. You know, we're all going to at least retire um, one day, so hopefully. So, um, you know, why can't we all just help each other get to that next step and along the way, um, you know, get as much work out of it as we can? I think that's also something that's changed since since I was looking for a job. When I started looking for a job, I was looking, I was, well, I was being told to look for a job that was going to be my job forever. You know, they go find a good job that has good benefits and, you know, get, Build your your career yep. there. So, I, I didn't do that. I actually intentionally shopped around and, and had experience in different firms. But today, I think it's it's expected, um, and it should be expected that that students and interns are going to be coming in, and they're going to be getting. You know, they're there to learn. They're there to get the experience they want, and then they're going to move on. And I think the role of an architect should be an employer should be just that it should be teach them everything that they could know from you be transparent in what you're doing build a great architect so they can go out and build the profession as well and then we all rise together because we all become better architects yeah absolutely mark and at the end of the day um those relationships stay there Mm -hmm. even if um you know someone leaves your company and um, you know, I'm uh, I still work very closely or, or have great relationships with some of the um, my past supervisors at architecture firms. And, um, you know, now, like I bring them on to the Ask an Architect show, you know, 20 years ago, they would have never thought that would have happened. But, 
you never know where paths are going to cross in life. So it's all about creating great relationships. So, yeah, the expectation that somebody's going to stay anywhere for 30 years, well, it's just kind of setting yourself up for failure. I mean, that might happen, but, right. you know, we'll celebrate that in 30 years if it does. In the meantime, you know, let's let's talk about today and what we can what we can make happen now. Yeah, I, I think many architects sort of um, look are afraid to to give them all of the secrets, <laughs> you know, yeah. the quote unquote <laughs> secrets. There are no secrets. We all we all know, which is why I do what I do. So I I share everything I know to encourage everybody else to share what they know. There are no secrets, and if we share our secrets, we're all going to 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 rise together. Um, and I think it's the same with with the people who are working with you. I think. The more open you are, the more transparent you are, the more that they can learn from you, the more likely they're actually going to stay with you because they want to grow with a firm that's transparent and is and is teaching them. Yep. Yeah. Plus one to that, Mark. I think, yeah, um, with people see opportunity and that you're helping them uh, get to that opportunity, then, you know, you're more attractive as an employer. Um, yep, absolutely. C couldn't couldn't reiterate that enough. So what's what's the future look like for AIAS? What's coming up? Wow, uh, good question, uh, Mark. Well, so, you know, three years ago when I came, uh, one of the things we wanted to do, I talked about creating a foundation back then. And and now we've created this really robust platform to storytell. We have the website, we have social media. And what that's positioned us to do now is to create products and services and then iterate on them. So we can create something and then experiment um, and tweak and get information back really quickly to find out, hey, is this working or is this not working? Um, and by storytelling on social media, we're pushing that all those products and services out to get feedback. So people are seeing the things, telling us what they like, telling us what they don't like. So at least now we can continue to iterate and push things out and go on the offense. And so at least from AAS, you know, I hope that for the next several years, as long as I'm here, you continue to see offense and that relentless forward progress that we talked about at the beginning. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to watch you grow, watch the organization grow, watch you you grow as a leader. Uh, it's been uh, fun watching you and, and the organization uh, evolve over the last three years. Um, before we wrap up here, I wanna ask the one question that I ask all my guests. What is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned it earlier on. It's it's documenting, not creating. I think the big burden for all this social media seems to be that people think you have to create, create, create. And and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this, If for those who know him. It's just documenting. It's showing what you're doing. Be authentic about it and be vulnerable and tell your story. And all that means is just documenting. It's showing what's happening day to day, what you're doing, what your thought process is. And before you know it, you might find that you have your robust story out there for everyone to, to see and witness. Yeah, great advice. And, and that's really easily done using Instagram, as suggested earlier. Uh, you can tell that story every day and just in little snippets of, of what's going on, what your, what your life is like. Um, the website is AIAS.org. Um, we'll have links to all your social media, your Ask the Architect, your, your podcast. Is there anything specific that you want to, uh, to share here before we wrap things up? Um, absolutely, yeah. We have an annual conference every year over New Year's. It's called AS Forum. This year we're coming to Austin, Texas. Next year, Seattle, Washington. The year after that is about to be announced. So if you're in any of those cities, we'd love to engage with you and um, maybe have you up on stage. So look out for us in your city and uh, we may be reaching out to you. And I would just second that. I'll plus one that one, Nick. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, I 
I haven't been to a forum in a long time, and I went to the forum in Chicago a few years ago. Um, and it, as an architect, as uh, as someone who now is out practicing, I highly recommend that the architects go out and go to forum because it is so energizing and so inspirational to be around the young architects there that are coming out of school and are in school. Um, you will go back to your studios with a whole new look on the profession. Uh, and excited to to practice the profession of architecture. So I definitely recommend that all the students, without a doubt, every architecture student should go to Forum. Um, but uh, but architects should go visit as well and go uh, go hang out and and learn something and share some of your knowledge with some of those students. So Nick, thank you for joining me here today and for sharing your knowledge here at Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks for having me on the show, Mark. This has been a real pleasure. If you liked what we shared here today at Entree Architect Podcast and find any value in anything we're doing throughout the Entree Architect world, throughout the Entree Architect platform, throughout the Entree Architect community, if you like what we're doing, I ask you to do one thing. Share what we're doing with a friend. Send them this link, entrearchitect.com slash episode 191. That's the, the link for this show. Uh, and share it. Share it with a friend. Don't forget to download your free course at entrearchitect.com slash free course. It's a profit course that will teach you how to be profitable. Just follow those steps and you'll learn how to be profitable. Simple. And it's free. Entrearchitect.com slash free course. My name is Mark Arlapage and I am an entrepreneur architect. And I encourage you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love. Learn and share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that, (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real 
to this day, I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.